Hello, welcome to Boss Women, a podcast about women, comedy and business. My name's Katie and this is my mum, Karen. Who have we got today, Mum? Oh, apologies for the new room that we're doing this in. Uh, the sound might be a bit different from our other ones. I can hear somebody walking up. I know, we're footsteps above but, us. Um, this is uh, our last interview of... We've had some great women talking, about six of them, and this is the last, which I'm very sad about. Um... <laughs> Because we've come to the end of the festival, everybody's tired, mm-hmm. including yourself, Katie. I think you're a bit... I think you're a bit, too. You see, we're irritable with <laughs> each other. You've never had a podcast where we've been irritable with each other. Um, today, this is a very close friend of mine I mm-hmm. would like to Best introduce, day. who um, is a mother, she's a sister... She is a comedy promoter. She was in business with her brother in The Last Laugh in Melbourne. And she has a very successful business um, promoting some of the best comics in Australia uh, with her own business, Mary Tobin Presents. Mm -hmm. Welcome, Mary. Welcome. Thank you. (laughs) Thank you, Katie. Pleasure to be here. Thank you so much for agreeing to come. Sitting between you both, feeling a little anxious because... (laughs) It's tense yeah, at the end being, of the festival. Yeah, I know, exactly. It's tense at the beginning of the festival. <laughs> it's tense through the festival. Yeah. Has it been a tense festival, Katie? No, it's just uh, everyone's a bit uh, uh, irritable in the last week because uh, it's been a long... Mm. That's know, right. Everyone's just a bit tired. And therefore, Katie and I get on at each other. Yep. Yeah, um, that's normal. Yes, mother normal and daughter. relationship. And... Um, Obviously, we want to talk about your childhood and everything about it. But first of all, I'd love to know, how on earth did you get into comedy and promoting? Ah, interesting. (laughs) Um, Did you fall into it? (laughs) I think I fell into it, yes. I'd been... I'd gone back as a mature-age student in my late 20s and did an arts degree at university. Mm -hmm. Great Um, thing to do. Yes, and then I worked with one of the top international accounting firms, Arthur Anderson, for two years. Is this all in Melbourne? All in Melbourne, yeah. Um, What did you do there? Doing their events and... okay. um, Well, there wasn't such a thing as social media in those days. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. Interaction with all the companies that that they worked with. So it was essentially marketing, was it? No, it was more on a research and client liaison mm. basis. Because mm-hmm. um, I had worked a couple of years before that for the International Eucharistic Congress when the Pope came to Australia. <laughs> Good heavens. And looked after all the VIP guests and, you know, all the, that was my first major event. Mm-hmm. And I had To meet the Pope? To meet the Pope. <laughs> And then I had one event after that, which was we. Well, I was asked to assist producing Tommy the Rock Opera, All right. in um, Australia at the Melbourne My Music Bowl. So I sort of had a bit of involvement with events and worked with the Young Christian Workers Association, managing all their properties and doing all their fundraising for quite a few years. Then it, I, I didn't get the opportunity to go to uni when I finished school, and I'd always wanted to do that. So, in the 70s, 
or yeah, in the 70s, um, university was free for everybody oh, in wow. Australia. And so I applied and got a place and did, did a three-year full-time course. Cool. And what was that in? A Bachelor of Arts, yes, with an Indonesian was my major, oh, Indonesian cool. language and culture. Wow. Um, and then after a couple of years with Arthur Anderson, I decided that, or Jeff and I decided that we'd like to have a family. And Jeff so being your husband. Jeff's my husband, yes. And we'd been married at that stage for 11 years. Really? So, yep. My goodness. Wow. Why did, how come kids came so much later then? Because uh, I'm the oldest of 12 children. Oh, fair enough. <laughs> <laughs> That's a good explanation. I'd, I'd spent my life bringing up children. Yeah. I thought, oh, I don't really know if I want to have children. So yeah, I, I, had, I had a lot of time just doing what, you know, yeah. what Jeff and I want to do. We'd go to Indonesia every year for three or four months, wow. live there, study, learn the language. Oh. And um, so... We had our first child, Elise, mm-hmm. who I think you want to chat about a bit later on. Mm-hmm. Gorgeous, and, number one. And I was home with her, and then we had Elise, uh, Hannah, Hannah about two and a half years later. Mm-hmm. And I was in hospital with Hannah. She was about five days old, and my brother Rick, Rick McKenna, came in to visit me. Mm-hmm as usual with a bottle tucked under his arm. <laughs> he said, I want you to go into business with me. And I went, oh, oh, it's not a good time. I've just had a baby. And yeah. I'm, I'm a bit, Give me that bottle. <laughs> I'm a bit busy. And he went, no, no, I'm serious. And Rick at that stage worked at what was The Last Laugh, which was Australia's probably only comedy institution and sort mm-hmm. of where all the comedy started in Australia. Um, yeah. It was. It was. Yeah, it was the only. It was the home of comedy, mm-hmm. really. And we had Gina Riley came through, Meg Sabansky, Richard Stubbs, and we used to bring a lot of people out. Or sorry, the Last Laugh used to bring people out. Yeah. Um, yeah. And Rick worked for John Pinder and Roger Evans, who had started the business. But mm-hmm. John and Roger wanted to get out. Had had enough. How long had they been doing it for before you? I think they had it for about seven or eight years. Because Susan Proven said that she, her mentor was not John Pinter, the other. Roger Evans. Yeah. Yes. Said that, yeah. that that was very much her mentor and she had worked there. Susan so, was, yes, probably a venue manager or, you know, front of house manager mm-hmm, for quite mm-hmm, a few mm-hmm. years there. And, and then they just wanted to sell it on or... Yeah, I think they wanted to go their own ways. Roger was very much the the businessman, and John was. I mean, Roger was creative as well, but John was very much the big ideas, the crazy, wacky, zany ideas, putting the shows together, mm-hmm. putting performers together, making all that work. But in those days, well, I suppose stand up had had taken taken hold, but it was early days for stand up. You you really. It was a mixture. The, the shows at The Last Life then were probably more along the lines of cabaret. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, cabaret wasn't comedy. There a big red curtain. I, I uh, to we had a big shell in the corner, mm-hmm. <laughs> a big stage, you know, like a sound shell, like, oh, right. a, like an opera performance. Space. Okay, right, yeah. yeah. Um, so we used to do, well, so, but anyway. <laughs> he Rick, persuaded he came you, didn't in he? And, you know, I, I said, no, no, no. And he said, I need a business partner, you know, because Rick knew how it all ran from the artistic side, but he'd never sort of run a business before. Mm-hmm. And so he, he kept knocking on my door every night for the next three months with Until you figures and facts and bits of paper and 
He said, you and had you been there before? Had you oh, I'd been there lots because yeah. he worked there. We used to go to all the shows there. And I knew the place. And yeah, loved it. they loved it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And it was like, oh, and he said, we've got to do it now because, you know, this opportunity won't be there in, mm-hmm. in 12 months' time. So. And how many years did you and Rick run it then? Um, I think we had it for about 12 years. Really? Yeah. Oh, my goodness. So that, yeah. And that's when stand-up really went on the map? Went on the map? Yeah, I think it was was growing all that time. I mean, it also became a lot more expensive to produce shows and to run venues. Mm -hmm. And and when we first took over The Last Laugh, it was one of the few late-night licences in Melbourne. Mm -hmm. So, you know, we had the small room upstairs, La Joke, where we would try out new acts and build up little shows till they became big shows and put them downstairs in The Last Laugh. And we ran a restaurant. It was like a theatre restaurant as well. Mm. I seem to remember. So, I, I don't. I I was there a couple of times, but uh, Ed Byrne says that the the dressing room was in the kitchen or something. Uh, it was downstairs off the kitchen. All right. Okay. Yeah. So he, yeah. he was. Yeah. Yes. I think you he and was I were there. Mouthy, we had Lynn Ferguson doing. Yes. Her show upstairs in La Joke. Yeah. Yeah. That, I remember that. That's when we. Mm. Yeah. Lynn came mm. over and, and Phil Key as well. Yeah. Is that for the comedy festival? Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. So yeah. So I I found myself with a two and a half year old child and a three month old baby um, and a brand new business. Yeah. <laughs> so right. Lisa and Hannah grew up literally under the stage, which is where our office was. Mm-hmm, really. And that's all they've known all their lives yeah. is entertainment and mm. a bit like comedy. Katie. Yeah. Yeah. Very much. Yeah. Like you me. sort of you grow up and it's just part of your normal or abnormal life yeah <laughs> and getting to know all the performers mm. as well and tell, tell me about the first like year of you doing it was it the most stressful thing you've ever done or how, how was oh it? absolutely the most stressful <laughs> thing and you know I was breastfeeding that whole yeah. year yeah um, my mum was amazing because she would I'd sort of stay at home because it's mostly a nighttime business yeah um, I'd stay at home for about two or three in the afternoon express milk, leave enough milk for the mm-hmm. evening feed. Mm-hmm. Mum would come over about three, stay with the girls till Jeff got home about six. Um, then I'd get home at eleven o'clock or so at night. Yeah. And you know, it was I don't know how looking how back you did it. Yeah. Um, it's, it's, well you're the same, you know, you had two children and a single mum. It's exhausting, isn't it? I know. But I know. somehow you just forge on and do it. Mm-hmm. Um, it I mean, I have to say, it's better to be busy than not busy. Yeah. Because... Um, That's true. Well, only because you you look into how... Um, not how bad things can be, but you, know, you look inward. If you're not out doing things, you know, and, and trying your, your best for mm. the, your, the kids, you know. I know it was... It, it's, it's sad or... Very. I, I mean, I don't know if you're guilt-ridden, but I have been guilt-ridden a lot because. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, I think mothers always feel that's like right. They should. You're always torn between what you should be doing and what you. And that you should be with your you child. Know, or, being you know. late to pick up the kids from school, and if you're stuck in traffic, and you're feeling terrible, and we barely had mobile phones in those days, so you couldn't ring and say I'm coming. Or. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, I don't know if the year that um, Andrew Walker and Vicky Cromer were were in Edinburgh and it was the Doug Anthony All-Stars mm-hmm. were on at the Gilded Balloon and Katie was um, a baby, well she was born in January so this is August so yeah. 
and I had um, uh, not nannies really they were more up here girls you know live-in up here girls I had and this one girl walked out on me in the middle you know she came and asked me she said she had to go to the bank and could I give her her wage check which I did but I was still in bed half asleep and Katie was having a nap in, in our wee pram thing mm-hmm. and uh, in the front room, in her room and the girl left and never came back <laughs> <laughs> and I was left left, you know, half child. asleep <laughs> because she didn't come back because she hated me coming in late mm. and, you know, her having to look after it and, you know, quite right but, you know, she obviously couldn't talk to me mm-hmm. and there was me left holding the baby and Andrew Walker and Vicky moved into my house and looked after oh, Katie so while I was probably doing... where it all went wrong Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, exactly. exactly. So, um, I love Andrew and Vicky yeah. <laughs> and, and Andrew Walker now um, has created with other people the Garden of an Earthly well, Delight. Michelle, his, yeah, his lovely wife. Yeah, yes. that's right. Yeah, it's in Adelaide, yeah. It's that's fantastic. Right. So let's go back. <laughs> back in time to your childhood. Oh, wow. So you were, One the, of the, you eldest were the eldest of, of eldest 12. Of 12 children. Yes. And you so I did know that, no, but I didn't, didn't really remember the number. Remember. But every year in year twelve years, a child must have come along. Well, every eighteen months, yeah, there were twelve children born between in eighteen years. Yeah, mm-hmm. so, eighteen years. Wow. Yeah. So you ended up being the co-mother, cool really. I think so. I think I spent a lot of my years. Mothering and caring. We always had someone like your au pair mm-hmm. lady come in when mum was in hospital having a baby. <laughs> Did I'd, you? I'd get home and they'd see this lady in a blue uniform. Oh, mum's having a baby. <laughs> <laughs> she wouldn't bother telling you. Well, oh, we didn't really know. We were children. We yeah, yeah, yeah. So she was there for a couple of weeks while mum was in hospital. Mm-hmm. But um, And your father had a business. Yeah, my father was a, a children's shoe specialist and he had hmm. a chain of shoe stores around Melbourne wow. seven different stores Were you born and raised in Melbourne? In Australia? Uh, I was born in Ballarat which oh, is yeah. just out of Melbourne Yeah, yeah. That's where the old gold mine is That's yeah. right, where we've been there Yeah, because yeah, mum and dad had a house they bought before they got married but it was protected by the veterans affairs and if you had a veteran renting your house, you weren't allowed to ask them to move out. Mm-hmm. So they had to leave this veteran in their house and they went to Ballarat for work or something. And then we came back to Ballarat when I was about one and Dad started this footwear business. Mm-hmm. And you um, ended up working with them, didn't you? I did, yeah. I worked with Dad for a few years. Um, when I came back, I was an exchange student in America for a year. And was that wonderful to get away from your family, or, <laughs> or was it? Uh, it was a great experience. I had some. Was, how old were you? Six, Sixteen. Mm. I had four families that I lived with for three months at a time, oh. and it was a really. When I look back on it, it was such a rich experience of how welcoming each of those families were to bring mm. me into their homes, and a couple of the families particularly were very very kind to me mm. and you know I just felt an amazing thing to happen mm. yeah it was, was good did they have big families as well <laughs> um no oh well two of them had four children and one couple had no children 
which was probably the most difficult ones that I lived with because they weren't used to having children at all, let alone a teenager who was just coming and going and yeah, living, yeah, yeah. living my life in America. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, so no, no big families like ours. And then when you went back, you still went back to family home and... Yeah, well, I was only 17. Mm-hmm. I went back... Um, well, I had run away at 16, so... was <laughs> <laughs> away forever. Yeah. Um, and actually, when I went back, I think I started working with Dad's company then mm-hmm. in the office, which was where I got a lot of my grounding as far as bookkeeping. And yeah, that's what I was going to say. Did you learn a lot of business? Yeah, just sort of the basic... Because in those days, everything was done manually, the accounting, the payroll. So we did the payroll for all the shops and all the accounting and the stock control was all done manually. Mm. Um, So I learned a lot of very good basic admin skills and Mm. understanding of business from that side of the world as well. Mm -hmm. And did you realise then that you'd enjoyed it, doing your own thing, or was it not really... Um, Did you not enjoy it? it, I guess it was quite admin-heavy there, so... Not very creative. It was admin heavy and I also felt... I didn't feel like I was ready to stay working with Dad at the time. I think he really wanted me to take over the business eventually. Of course. But I felt like I I needed to do something else. Mm -hmm. And um, so it was quite difficult to actually... Yeah, I'm so glad leave the business. Well, exactly. I mean, I never asked Katie to come into the business. Obviously, I am absolutely delighted that she is. However, I think it is the most stressful thing ever that that a parent expects their child because they've worked very hard in their own Mm -hmm. business and they want it to to keep going. Mm -hmm. You know, I, I mean, I've been thinking, I was thinking, you know, it's okay that the Gilda Bloom finishes, you know, <coughs> until Katie came along, mm-hmm. but your, your father was probably the same, <coughs> excuse me, he wanted you to, to go into your, in the business. Yeah, well, I, I think so, but I, he also understood that I needed to go and do something else, and then... So he, was, he didn't put too much pressure on you or anything to... No, once I'd made the decision and told him, I mean, I was terrified to tell him. Right. <laughs> I said, oh, I don't know how this yeah. is going to go. But once I'd made the decision, he just said, oh, I think that's a really good idea. And I went, oh, okay. This is in your but, 20s, is it? Uh, no, no, I was only um, 18. Oh, really? Mm. Yeah. yeah. Oh. So that was when I, I went and worked with the YCW Young Christian Workers and did all... That was a great job. Was your family a very Christian? Uh, Catholic. Irish Catholic. Irish Catholic. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Yes. Mm. And meaning that was your father quite a hard taskmaster? Um, He was a very hard taskmaster and he used to drink a lot as well, which didn't Mm. didn't help the environment at home. Right. Uh, Sorry, your siblings are... Boys and girls, what, what are they? There's eight girls and four boys. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> and it so. must, it, you know, you must grow apart and, you know, it's, 
Well, you do. I mean, it's because the age difference... Well, it's interesting, although I'm very close to my youngest sister. Mm-hmm. I see her quite a lot. But everyone sort of goes their own path and mm-hmm. leads different lives. And yeah, and how did keep people to keep track of. Yeah. <laughs> how did this relate with your mother, your, your relationship with your mother? You were very close, were you? I was very close with my mum, yeah, yeah. That is the eldest, mm. was the eldest daughter. Yeah, I think also I was very much her... Um, support her through a lot of very difficult times yeah. looking after her or helping her and mum mm-hmm. and dad you know mum eventually had to make the decision to leave dad mm-hmm. with she still had six or seven young kids at home Jesus you're not sure six or seven well, <laughs> oh, no. I, I could, I could stop and count but yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um, and you know Jeff and I had to help her find somewhere to live and help her move because the oh by that time you were married I was married and then the law changed in Australia in 1973, I think, or 72, with our Gloria Scott Whitlam changed the law so that there was no longer, it was no-fault divorce, so women could divorce oh, and separate see. and still have rights to property, And yeah. whereas prior to that... They had no rights. If they left, they had nothing. um, So when that came through, and it had been quite difficult at home for Mum for quite a few years, she Mm -hmm. made the decision that she was going to move. Which was very hard for her. Really hard, yeah. Yeah, it was was very hard for everyone. Hard for Mm -hmm. Dad. Yeah. You know, was... And they tried a few times to reconcile and make things work, but it just just wasn't possible sadly mm-hmm. yeah. yes. so, so Jeff and I were great supporters you know we were there for mum all the time Jeff was studying he was full time at uni then he yeah. just when I met him he just because he's a lawyer isn't he? yeah when I met him he, he'd just come back from Vietnam he was conscripted to the Vietnam War right and so right. he'd done 12 months there and part of national service they would pay for you to go back to school for a year. Mm. So he went back and did what was called matriculation or year 12 at high school mm-hmm. when he was 22. And then he got into university and did a law degree. Mm. So he, he studied law and when he finished, that's when I went to university. Mm-hmm. Tell, so, us, tell us a bit more about your mum. What was she like? My mum. Um, what? Yeah. She was fun. She was <laughs> kind. She was very, um, very, very smart woman. Actually, I think she. Were the Irish? You know, Catholic. No, my, my grandfather was Irish. Right. Mm-hmm. Both mum and dad were born in Australia. Right. And dad's father was from Ireland, and I think, I think on mum's side it was like two lots of grandparents were from Ireland. Mm-hmm. So all sort of Irish. Yeah. And did all the Irish stick together in, in you know all the different in Australia yeah no not really no no, no. Right. no I mean we had our relatives but we didn't really know any mm. other Irish people I mean my grandfather Pat Murphy was the only Irish person that I knew there Pat Murphy Pat Murphy well his name was Owen McKenna but he was always called Pat Murphy extreme <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah yes more about your mother yeah so um <laughs> Yeah, mum was amazing actually because she worked in the business with dad. I, Did I she? Know she used to. 
she'd load up the car with stock and <laughs> drive all around to all the shops delivering stock and mm-hmm. then she'd be home to um, feed the kids well to feed I think I used to she'd, I'd come home and she'd say go and put, peel the potatoes and put the chops on and put the mm. peas on and you know but she had it all organised she yeah. knew what everyone was doing did you have um, sit down dinners together as a family uh, we did the kids had yeah. sit down dinners dad was usually not home at yeah. dinner time and mum didn't usually sit and have dinner with us mm-hmm. um, which is probably the only time she got some peas yeah, <laughs> yeah. she probably sat out the bag and had a cigarette yeah exactly <laughs> yeah Man. um so she was smart, she understood a lot of the business and worked a lot in it, mm-hmm. um, as well as keeping the house and running the family. Mm-hmm. I mean, that was definitely the woman's role yeah. in those days, yeah. was all of looking after the kids, the dentists, the doctors, the yeah. haircuts, the school meetings, all that sort mm-hmm. of thing, and the, the father and I'm sure went you to work. And all then, kept her very busy. <laughs> Yeah, and after work, the fathers used to go to the club and have a drink. Yeah. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. For sake, I know. It was very brave of her to move, really, wasn't it? Oh, yeah, it was a massive. Big deal. Very, very brave. A oh, hard thing to do. Mm-hmm. Yeah, really, really hard, really sad. Difficult time. And did um, she have another partner after uh, um, they divorced? No, or did she, didn't, she didn't ever really partner with anyone else again yeah she worked but did you see was she much happier she was much freer Mm -hmm. yeah especially once the kids all grew up and had left home she she she, probably got an awful lot of grandchildren not as many as you'd think really (laughs) no no I think there's only that's maybe seven or eight all right Mm. right. yeah you would think there would be a lot yeah no there's not many Oh, there's about 11. Right. 11 grandchildren, yes. Right. Yeah, sorry, I was counting on my fingers. <laughs> I those watching. And where was Rick in... Rick is... Ricky. Ricky is the seventh. <laughs> the seventh. Yeah, uh-huh. Rick's the seventh. And, and you're close with him? Yes, yeah, Rick and I are close. We worked together for 12 or so years with The Last Laugh. Had you worked with them before, though? You never worked with them before the, the Last Laugh? No, we hadn't. We hadn't. We'd always got on well together. Yeah, he, he was a bit like you. He left home, I think, about 15 or 16. Never really... Um, I was thinking recently, I must sit down and talk to him about that. <laughs> he just went to Queensland to work. I think he'd had enough. Mm-hmm. Things weren't that jo- joyful at home. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And um, but, but we always kept in touch. But at 15, 16, that's young. Well, but how old were you when you left? I know, but <laughs> <laughs> I was an old 16. <laughs> yeah. Well, I think he probably was too. I thought um, he was. <laughs> and we no, we hadn't worked together before at all. So that was a. A steep learning curve. Yeah, how did you well. find working with somebody, with a family member? Oh, we were both the first couple of years just scrambling really? to keep our heads above water and mm. understand how to run a business. Yeah, work. but you two are not, you don't argue, you two. Yeah, it wasn't volatile. No, we don't argue, and we were pretty good at discussing issues, and mm-hmm. like as, as you guys do, you have to sort of put everything on the table and Mm. sort through problems together because we were dealing with chefs and we had waiters and we had performers and mm-hmm. we had office staff and we had yeah. telephone staff and, <laughs> you know there were lots and lots of incredible business issues that you just have no idea and so we were quite good at 
seeking help from professional people that mm-hmm. could guide us into how to run a business and how to deal with problems yeah. and you know. I don't but why did you why did you end up giving it up then? Uh, it became a very hard business to run financially. Um, because of all the a, staff by the same time. Well, it was only a downstairs. I think was a two twenty seats, and upstairs was a hundred seats, and. You know, the whole entertainment industry changed over those years. Football became, was, you know, four or five nights a week. There were what year did you take on. it on? Sorry. We took it on in 86. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So it was... Just when I started the Guild of Blue. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So it was, cha- you know, business was changing quite a lot. There were a lot of other entertainment options. Yeah. There were late night license bars everywhere. Um, right, there were a lot yeah. more there were comedy clubs and pubs doing comedy mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, and at the same time Rick had gone into Television. TV production mm-hmm. we'd been offered a project to produce the was it called Tonight Live with Steve Weisart the Tonight Show so Rick was producing that and that's how I got involved in The Last Laugh on the programming side of things because up until then I'd only ever worked in admin mm-hmm. and when Rick went to TV you know he says to me oh you need you need we, to need, we need someone else to program it and I went oh I don't know how to do that I've never done that and he went well the first thing you should do is go to Edinburgh so he sent me to Edinburgh with John <laughs> Pinder <laughs> and so John Pinder taught me how to do Edinburgh. <laughs> Great. Yeah, you, good, you know, lots of late nights. Yeah. Lots of late nights. Well, his version was you you stand around in the bar for the first three weeks and just chat to everyone, and then on the last week they tell you what all the good shows are. Mm-hmm. And you go and um, see them, and yeah. But you know, I'm a lot more conscientious than that, Karen. You know. <laughs> <laughs> but Edinburgh has been the the helping hand to to take uh, shows to Australia. Oh, absolutely. It's a wonderful showcase and a great chance to see a lot of artists from all over the world. Mm-hmm. And we've, between us, developed an amazing network of international relations in the yeah, right. arts world. So which was, what was the year that you first came to Edinburgh? I think I first came about maybe 90, mm-hmm. something like that, when the girls were about four and six. Yeah. And did you two meet then or not? Oh, yeah. Yes. Oh, do, or do you know each other already? Yeah, Karen knew Rick. Yes. Um, from you being in Australia? Oh, I think from Rick from coming, Rick coming over from here. Oh, okay. Rick yeah. coming here, yeah. yeah. And John Pinder and mm-hmm. um, all these people. And mm. I had started taking Australian acts over. Mm. Um, and we'd taken, well, the Vicious Boys and... Oh. Arlo Hanlon, mm. Craig Ferguson, you know, where are they now? <laughs> I know, yeah, exactly. Who are these people? Yeah, I know. Um, all come out as young stand ups and done runs at The Last Laugh. Ed Byrne came out, That's uh, right. Tommy Tiernan. Oh, I, I, we had Simon Pegg on, and you took yes, Simon, Simon Pegg. Pegg came out. I think that was his last stand up tour. Yes. Mm. Yeah. He did uh, run at the Guild of Balloon and. Uh, so he was a really good stand-up. Well, he Where is he now? Yeah, I, I know, I know, he's doing all right, I think. So tell us this what happened after... Um, so the, what happened with The Last Laugh? Um, we eventually... Well, 
a timing thing we sold the business mm-hmm. um, to as a going concern as a going concern to there was another comedy club called called the comedy club and we sold the last laugh business to them and they ran that they merged the two mm-hmm. and ran that for quite a few years out of their Carlton venue but they, they don't do it now no no that's all, all mm-hmm. what's happened to that space the last laugh. Uh, oh, the last laugh. The old building is still there in Smith Street is in it? Collingwood. Yep, it's a nightclub. Mm, um, okay. Not sure what it's. Why to be are you going to move? Yeah, I'm not even. Take the old balloon. No, it's right. just I'm wondering if it's still there. Yeah, it's still there. It's a, a lovely old. I think it's a Masonic building. Yeah, a beautiful old building. But it's not used as a theatre or a venue. It's, it's used as a club. It's like I think it used so to be called like, a bar called Barry. I'm not oh, sure okay. what it is now. Yeah. I've been back in. It's too no. sad. No. Yeah, I can imagine. <laughs> I know. I was the same fair. about the Cowgate. Yeah. You know, I mean, I know most of it burnt down, but Wilkie House, where we had Leighton Lyon, operators have taken it over, and I just can't go in. Mm. It's yeah, just it's sad. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's a mash house now, isn't it? Yeah, it's Dramash, I think it's called. Well, whatever it's called. So but, Rick went so on yeah, doing. Um, he stayed in television mm-hmm. and produces all the Kath and Kim yeah. TV series. Look at mine. <laughs> and uh, he and Gina are a couple that mm-hmm. have been together for many, many years and have a lovely daughter, Maggie. Yeah, who's a very successful actress. Very successful but what actress, I want to know yeah. is what happened to you, oh, Mary. Oh, what happened to me? <laughs> well, <laughs> we, we, we haven't heard enough about your mum but I know it's difficult to talk about but one of the questions we always ask is what life lessons your mother gave you if there's anything she taught you um, that has stayed with you and you know because it sounds to me like you've got a a lot of business sense from your father Mm. you know that that you're you're going into business was reasonably easy you know just because your family do it, yeah. Um, but your mother was organised and cooked, and but was it anything? I think Mum was always just very encouraging and supportive. Mm-hmm. She was very encouraging of probably from where she'd come from, maintaining your independence and being able to look after yourself and stand up for yourself. Yeah, mm-hmm. that was very much her. Even when, when she was dying, that was one of the things. I sadly, my younger daughter Hannah was overseas at the time, and she was on the phone to Mum, mm. and Mum was on the phone telling her, "You know, stick up for yourself. Really? Don't let any men put you down. Don't, yeah. you know, don't feel like you can't achieve what you want to achieve in your own life." Wow, oh, that's great. Um, yeah. yeah. So I think that you know, I think Mum felt very strongly about that. Mm-hmm. She's probably one of the first of the. The feminists and yeah, yeah. Um, but in her day when she got married that was not the role of no. even considered the right of women yeah so mm-hmm. obviously yeah. it did give her that freedom when she did break yes up. yeah and, and she was very strong she felt that, that is the right decision mm. and made the right decision mm. and yeah no that's great yeah the way i've uh, i've heard it before from you is that your mother became strong and your father became quite weak because of his behavior during his marriage yeah, well, I think um, alcoholism is, is a disease, mm-hmm. and sadly it um, destroys people and destroys lives. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I think, and he was heartbroken mm-hmm. to lose his marriage and his family, mm-hmm. and very sad, just sort of 
you know, couldn't couldn't pull himself out of it despite mm-hmm. seeking help and things like that. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah. So yes, he didn't. Um, he wasn't. He had a heart attack in his early fifties. Really. He had three or four heart attacks mm-hmm. very oh. close together and mm-hmm. died. Mm-hmm. My God. Which yeah. was, yeah, it's a, a very hard time mm-hmm. for a family to go through. And it, um, actually, our our um, parents really because because um, my my parents they well, they were went through the war and everything and they, nearly all of them smoked so you know they were dying in their early mm. the fifties sixties and you know I mean my grandmother and father managed to live to seventy two but now we are managing to live longer you mm. know. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So back to business. Oh, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> um, so what did you do, Mary, what, right. after the so last laugh? After the last laugh, I was, I was in a bit of a quandary for a while as to really? what to do. and How old were Anna and Elise then? When was that? They were probably about 10 and, yeah. 10 and 12, something like that. Yeah. Just yeah. about to go into to the old teenage, teenage years, lovely yeah. puberty, having yeah. children. So and I had, in the last couple of years, I had produced a couple of shows, sort of out of the last laugh, um, and taken them to Adelaide Fringe and okay. things like that. Mm-hmm. So I started to think, well, maybe, um, and Rick and I decided not to keep working together because he was really heavily involved in the TV and it, yep. it wasn't my thing no. um, so I decided to s- stick with um, producing and touring live shows yep. which is what you I've still do today for the last doing 35 it. years yeah. it's a long time um, you've been doing mm, it yeah so I started off and, and is it, it has mainly been um for, not foreign foreigners, but you've brought them from the UK or America, or it's it, they've not been local. Um, I've produced some local shows, and I have in different times bought shows from Australia to Edinburgh as well. Mm-hmm. Um, but mostly, I've focused on finding shows and bringing them to Australia mm-hmm. because I don't I don't manage artists. Mm-hmm. I'm not sort of a management company. Um, so I've sort of specialised in, I produce a show called Best of the Edinburgh Fest, which has been in Australia now for over 30 years. And mm-hmm. we produce in the Melbourne Comedy Festival, Adelaide Fringe, um, mm-hmm. and then take some, of those, New Zealand well. take some of those artists to New Zealand and the various other festivals, Sydney, Perth and Brisbane, and mm-hmm. two of them. Um, it's also, it seems to me that these performers um, get treated very well because they get they get the, they have the best time <laughs> when, with Mary Tobin presents, don't they? they well, they're taken over. They're often. I know, and they're and you you um, pay for their accommodation, give them per diems, or you know, it's. I mean, it's a great deal. Well, um, we we try and look after them and make sure that the tour is good for them as well, mm-hmm, as mm-hmm. well as you know. But what happens is shows. that that you have them in in the sort of best of the fest, and then you take maybe do solo shows from there. Yeah, some you know we've had quite a bit of success doing that. I mean, 
we tour with Stephen Amos a lot around Australia and he started off doing Best of Edinburgh Fest. Mm-hmm. Arch Barker also started in Best of Edinburgh Fest and mm-hmm. uh, is probably one of Australia's top comics and still Well, he, he was Canadian and he's moved... Is he not no, moved? Arch is American. Sorry, but he's moved to... Oh, he visits Australia Oh, right. Yes. <laughs> but, no, but, he's thought, American. but he is American. Yeah. 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 Um, and John Hastings recently, we've had John in the last couple of years done Best of Edinburgh Fest and last year we just started doing some solo shows with him and do you think that really well. Yeah, is that the key to success of a brand new act coming over to Australia and being completely unknown? And do they is it safer to put them into a lineup show rather than coming to, and doing their show straight away? It's, it depends. Like mm. Some of the festivals have got the ability to bring acts in yeah. for the first time and put them in a solo show. But surely you have to have a huge project behind them. Yeah, to... but, but I'm a, a small independent company mm-hmm. and I, I find that's yeah. very difficult to do. And it's, but it, for you, you would never bring somebody out cold? and Not unless they've got some sort of profile. Yeah, on um, television or whatever. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's a very hard market to just crack with a brand new yeah. artist to come in. I mean, there have been some that have done it and yeah, come, yeah, come of course. quickly, but it's generally it's a really hard way to, yeah, to do of course. it. Yeah. And your girls, um, they have ended up working for you, but how was their teenage years? How was that time for you Promoting and producing as a um, businesswoman while they while they were growing know, up, growing up, putting on makeup and wanting to go out, going through puberty. Yeah. The best time, our favourite um, time. I think it was. I mean, I think your girls were very nice and good, and they weren't like Katie, who were what, who was what bad. You? What can I say? <laughs> You're going to defend them now. Well, no, I can't. I can't put on record what really went on. <laughs> I'd be in trouble. Um, we went through quite a few of the usual teenage issues that families go through. Yeah. Let's just say that. Yeah. Did, were you, would you say that you were super close to both of them, though? Um, yeah, I think so. And were you, were you around much? Oh, I was around a lot. Yeah, I, was, yeah. I was there, you know, except for when I started going going to Edinburgh. But so I'd be away for a month at that time. But yeah. Apart from that, I was around all the time, but yeah. Jeff was always around as well. It was just a fairly... We tried to. They, did fairly, they get well, quite used to you being off on tour? Or? Um, they didn't like it when they were young. They didn't like me working at night or not being home. And I used mm-hmm. to go, you know, firemen work at night and nurses work <laughs> at night and doctors work at night. Yeah. But, you know, children always want you to be there all the time. But mm-hmm. yeah. they understand now. Um, of course they do. Mm. And but so when did they start getting involved? Because they've both oh, worked for you. Very, well, they've both always been very interested in it and used really? to come to all our shows yeah, the last laugh. And, um just trying to think, they both finished school, went mm-hmm. to university, worked cafe jobs, you know, while hospitality, while they were going through their study. And yeah. Things. Um, and just trying to think of their course of process. So both worked for a while with Michelle Buxton, mm-hmm. because Michelle had a business doing um, PR for artists and did all my PR for my shows, but neither Michelle or I could afford a full-time person to work with us. Mm-hmm. So we used to share Elise work 
three days a week with her and two days a week with me. Oh, I see. When one of us was busier, we'd sort of swap around a bit. Yeah, Um, that's good. And then Hannah did similar. And then then this amazing woman called Karen Corrin came along and invited them both to come and work <laughs> yeah. the they below. did they both um, worked yes, yes they were your head luckily friends. not at the same time <laughs> no no at least it, uh, she was in your press office for a year and then Hannah came a few years later and started off ticketing I think and she then, headed up the, and then the she was head of press yeah, yeah. she did were a you few there years then, Katie? I was there in our last year. The last year, year mm-hmm. was Hannah and Katie. Yeah. And the year before that was Hannah and Katie Minchin. Mm-hmm. That's right. Um, yeah. yeah. It's so it's, it's definitely in their blood and they love the work and the industry mm-hmm. And, mm-hmm. and they understand it, I think. Yeah. Having that understanding is important. And that's one of the things that I think we've done quite well is, is um, helping people get jobs in Australia or vice versa. Yeah. Know, that, yeah. You know, um, because uh, they're similar, but they're you know I mean everybody wants to go to Australia because it's yeah. warm. And, yeah, you know. yeah. Mm. But it's really good experience doing a similar job, but at a different company to see how other people do it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I and it's such an amazing it. experience to be able to come and work in Edinburgh. Yeah, I mean, it's the world's biggest festival. Yeah, exactly. And it's just a bit rainy. It's a bit rainy. <laughs> and rainy this year. But do you think it's it. getting too big? It's what everybody's seeing. The fringe. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Well, yes. Probably. Yeah. Yeah, I think think so. It's it's sort of... I certainly can't cover every aspect of it that I need to. And and I think a lot of people suffer because it is so big and there's so much on. Yeah, Mm -hmm. and there's so many little gems that you don't know about, Mm. you know, that you have to have that word of mouth, you know, to hear what... Because... I mean, they just can't review everybody and, you know, the Scotsmen don't have many. No, because I had one night last week where I literally just stayed in a venue and the flyer was just say, this show's on next, and I just sat and watched three shows, which were all very good. Mm-hmm. Probably artists that I would never have heard of otherwise. Mm-hmm. And but not because of convenience and yeah, having to navigate. And mm-hmm. I thought, OK, this is... And that's what Edinburgh used to be like for me. I'd just find a little... Pub yeah. rooms and see who was the newest thing coming through. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. But now yeah. there's so many choices mm-hmm. that it's almost impossible to find them all. Mm-hmm. But the ones that you find um, have a wonderful time, and it's they great. Do. That, <laughs> do uh, treat them very well, Marianne. Um, when Mary Tobin presents, comes and finds a comedian, he should feel very lucky. Yeah, he should. or she. Yeah, he or she. Thank you. I'm glad <laughs> the reports are good. But we do yes. try and make sure they enjoy the trip to Australia and yeah. And, and presumably, your aim, therefore, is to is to work with them till they get. Yeah, bigger. absolutely. Yeah. yeah, and even when they get bigger, I would mm-hmm. still like to work with. Well, them. that's the thing. Yeah. We're the same. Yeah. We help the small ones, and then mm. the big ones go off. Yeah, but. Um, you know, it's good when they do stay around. Mm-hmm. So how are you feeling about the future? Are you wanting your daughters to take over? Um, we're in discussions about that oh, at the moment. Oh, that's exciting. <laughs> <laughs> but I, you know, I, I don't really know. You know, you guys can probably guide me more because you've... A few years well, ahead, Karen's, Karen's just a tiny bit older than me. <laughs> tiny bit, <laughs> a, few, a couple of years. But so, you know, so obviously Karen can't retire because 
She's got it in her head that she can't retire. Can, do you think you could retire? Does that mean that you want me to retire? No, Katie? see? <laughs> well, I don't know that, that we can retire because no. I don't know... Well, financially, I can't retire at the moment. And, and oh. I'm not sure what else we do. We're yeah, not, I know. We're not knitting types. No, That's right, right. Um, exactly. And we can't afford we to just travel, travel the world the together. World <laughs> together yeah. forever and ever. But that costs money, Katie. I know. Money that we may not have. Um, and Jeff will be coming as well if we're travelling the world. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So that's three people. Yeah. <laughs> no, but um, I think looking at different ways... I mean, from your point of view, uh, I think it'd be great if, if Elise and Hannah, whichever one... Once, because Elise is actually she was working for Australian Ballet, wasn't she? Elise was with Australian Ballet for two years, yeah, mm-hmm. and now she's with um, Millmain Entertainment, which was, is a large marketing advertising mm-hmm. company. So um, she's sort of out there working, and Hannah's mm-hmm. working with you. Hannah's working with me, um, and she's also studying part time, doing her degree mm-hmm. in mm-hmm. digital marketing. Yeah. So, you know, as you get older and take and decide whether you're going to produce or promote. You know, I mean, really, the ball's in your court. You could, you know, whereas I think the Guild of Balloon, Katie's taken on just about all of it. Mm-hmm. I mean, I would say more or and less all of it. From what I've seen this year, Katie, well done. It's a massive, <laughs> massive job, and it's, it's all been... Yeah, it's, really all it's a bit scary at the moment, um, just seeing all the... Cause, because when you close... There's no more opportunity to fix things or, you know, get more income or anything like that. Yeah, so now we have to like, look at the numbers and be like, ooh, maybe we shouldn't have done that or we should have done this. Or So it's a bit nervy at the moment. But everything, there's always but room for It's also so close to it happening. I don't actually know what's just happened. So no, you're, you're still in the process. And um, smog of what the hell has gone on for the last yeah, exactly. four weeks. Yeah. Exactly. But I think it'll be, we'll feel much better once all the team have had a bit of space over this weekend to decompress slightly mm-hmm. and then come back next week and talk about what actually happened. Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's the plan. But it's a big job taking on a business. And mm. I think in some ways for Karen and I, we've, we've learned on the run. Well, but I don't understand with the, both of you is how you do it on your own because I do it with you and mm-hmm. I honestly don't, don't think I could do it on my own. I think you could, Katie, but... Well, I think but you, you do, just you, got to do so much. You learn <laughs> as you're going along. Yeah. But, but also I think business has changed a lot as far as all the compliance and... The yeah, yeah, of course. Yeah. Things that we have to keep up to date and record keeping and things like that it's i think that's yeah. made life a lot more difficult in business I think there's just a lot of, there's obviously a lot of plates to spin and there's ones falling off here that you're catching that i'm just not i'm ignoring at the moment because you, you're on top of it and i just can't imagine but we'll having to keep it all you know katie place, you know you're only 31. I didn't start the Good oh, Bloom till I was... You're my lady's age. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you really looked for yeah. Yes, but I didn't start till I was 35, 36. So you're really, you know, in, in the next, within the next 10 years, you will be doing it with your eyes closed. 
Mm, you know, mm, well, that was in my thirties. Let's just hope that that's way. right. Yeah, that's and, and it's better. I think it's you're better for it. Yeah, about mm. being a bit older, of course. Mm-hmm. But let's hope that it's still going in five years. Eh? Uh, Katie, <laughs> is this Mrs. Negative here? Not being negative. It's a positive thing. Need to keep it going. No, well, don't say let's hope it is. Well, I just do say hope that it is. Sorry? I do hope that it is. Well, and business changes, you know. Yeah. You may have to change and, and You may have to do it differently to how Karen's... That, yeah. Being well, that's the thing that, that is the hardest for me, is to see how it changes, you know, and I can't really do anything about it. No, but I, I look for that from my girls, and I assume you do from Katie's, to what do you want to do how mm. do you think it should be run now maybe it's not yeah. everything that we do we've, we've always done it this way and I go yeah but maybe we don't have to do it this way now maybe yeah. Do, yeah. do things a bit different and as you say the times are changing and you know we've had you know the, the, the shows start at 10 in the morning and right through till 5 in the morning and now people aren't wanting to be out till 5 in the morning mm. during the week and you mm-hmm. know as well as they've now got a choice of how many shows? 3,000 shows? Or yeah, that's right. Yeah, exactly. Compared to there maybe were four or 500 when mm-hmm. you first started doing this. Yes. So exactly. all that has to be taken into consideration. I was going to get um, the stats up from this year actually to finish off this podcast. Um, well, I, I can tell you that we saw. 268,000 tickets, was that correct? 273,000 tickets. Oh, I'm sorry. Well done, that's mm. amazing. Um, mm, there was more interesting figures that I wanted to find, sorry. Yes, you know when you do a podcast... Oh, 250, we had 258 shows, 4,867 performances, <laughs> sold 273,000 shows... Tickets. Tickets. Tickets, even. Um, and that's all I have. <laughs> and Katie and was up amazing. 2,058 hours. Yeah. <laughs> I want to know how many, and we employed like 220 staff. When I spoke to her early in the week, uh, like last Monday or something, a week ago, over a week ago, um, I said, what time did you get in last night? Four o'clock, and then the next day. What time did you get in? Oh, about half past four. What time did you get in? Oh, about half past six. Mm, <laughs> it was a time where we were getting in. It was a bit of a bad run of. But amazing week. that I you and still being there with your eyes open at meetings and texting. You know, just about, but my voice gets a lot deeper when I'm that quiet <laughs> yeah. when I'm that tired even. Yeah. Yes, of course we did it, but, uh, but I'm so glad I'm not doing it now. Mary, do you think you'll be coming back to the Edinburgh for the foreseeable future? Oh, I think year? so, You wouldn't yes. want to miss it, yeah. would you? Well, I don't think I could no. miss it. I yeah. think I'd Good. have too much FOMO. And thank you for being the biggest support to this one. And my thank mom. you <laughs> for being the biggest support to me. Yes, oh, no, you've been amazing. Um, and remember everyone look out for Mary Tobin Presents <laughs> it's a wee advert for you yeah exactly thank you thank very much thank you so Mary. much thank you it's been a joy wonderful well done on your great year <laughs> thank you <laughs>